We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Of 68 after dark, after hours on this Friday night, Coach Matt McCall in the house, Randolph Childress drinking his San Pellegrino because he's classy like that, folks. Uh, I'm Megan McEwen. <laughs> And welcome on in, guys. Um, not a not a ton of games necessarily tonight, but still some good ones. We're gonna dive into a, a host of things. Uh, but first, we start with our toast of the night, where we go around and toast one thing that we just want to give a little love to, or or troll. Either way, uh, I won't judge you. Uh, who wants to start? I'll start first. I would like to give a toast to the state of South Dakota for hosting the inaugural Peacock game, Baylor Gonzaga. Why I was in South Dakota, I'm not sure. I need to do some more research on that. But the crowd was pretty fun to watch. So cheers to the state of South Dakota. Wow. Cheers, South Dakota. RC, I, I think you're next, man, with that San Pellegrino right there, man. I, I, I think it's all you. My real yeah. question is when the waiters come to the table and ask if you want sparkling or still, do you always mm-hmm. ask for sparkling? No. Depends on what I'm eating at night. Fair. <laughs> Depends on what I'm eating that night. So the, the bad habits or habits I picked up in Europe and you know what it did? It helped me kick drinking sodas. I had a bad soda habit and then I started drinking this and it helped me kick sodas. There we go. That's uh, actually, that's, uh, that's a true statement for me too. I, I still drink the diet Dr. Pepper, but it, it's helped. It's lessened them. Let's say that. There you go. There you go. Uh, Man, I was all ready to toast to my deeks and going on the road. They didn't pull it out for me. So that hurt me. But I'm going to drink the pit, the pit tonight. Pitt went on the road at NC State and got a dub tonight. You know, to to Coach Capel and those guys, that's a big road win. I thought NC State was a sleeper team in his league, and they still are. But I, I thought they would be that team to take a big step up and could surprise a lot of teams. And opening night in the ACC, and Pitt went on the road and got one. So to Coach Capel and, and Pitt. I'm going to, uh, and I know we're a college basketball show, but I, I, I've got to pivot a little bit and toast my man Al Horford. Boston Celtics gave him a two-year extension. That'll take him into year 19. Uh, five-time NBA All-Star. Obviously, back-to-back national champions at Florida. Uh, I hope that he's able to get that that world championship with the Celtics. Obviously, they're playing great in the East. Joe Missoula doing a terrific job. But my man Al Horford to be extended two more years and, and take him into 19 years in the NBA, I got to give him a toast. That 20 mil he just got doesn't hurt either. 
I feel like, uh, yeah, that, that never hurts, uh, whatsoever. All right, let's dive in to our first matchup, which was the Gonzaga and Baylor matchup went down to the wire in the end. It, it was an interesting game from the standpoint of Drew Timmy didn't have a field goal attempt in the first half. He only scored at the, at the foul line. He only had six attempts this whole entire game, uh, which was the lowest of the season. RC, what was Baylor doing defensively to disrupt him? I want to give a ton of credit to Baylor defensively. And, and we, we said that during the Texas game. I, I just don't think they're doing enough to get him the ball. I think they got a free flowing offense. I think since this time there, they obviously hadn't been forcing him the ball, and I get it. But if this team is going to beat some of these elite teams, they can't allow guard pressure and and a lack of – and I don't even want to say point guard play because I think they got options of doing that, you know, of getting the ball. There's, there's no excuse for him not to get the ball in, in, in the scoring area as much as he has this, this year to me, and that's why they're struggling. So I, I want to give credit. Baylor guard stepped up, made plays, and, and they're a good defensive team. Don't get me wrong, but – nobody's that good to stop Drew Timmy from getting the ball. He's too talented. I don't see a concerted effort as much to just force him getting him the ball. I know the ball's got to move, but I'm just surprised in watching him play that too much time goes by in critical moments of the game and the ball don't touch his hand. And if it does, it's on a three-point line where he's reversing it, getting into a ball screen. He's one of the best low post players, if not the best low post player in college basketball. He's got to get the ball. I mean, there's times at night I'm looking at his numbers myself saying, man, throwing the ball. Teams are switching five. He has guards on him, and he's not getting the ball. So, I I, I mean, Baylor played great defense, don't get me wrong, but we all know. I mean, I mean, your best player got to get the ball. There's no way you're beating anybody, let alone Baylor or any other good team, when your best player gets six shots. And, and their defense was not that good for him only to get six shots. A Baylor defense, by the way, that led up 94 points or right. something like that to Marquette right. earlier this week. No, I can't. I, I don't know what you saw, Coach. I just don't believe that you can you can do that. The, the, in, particularly well, do you want to switch him? You want to talk about his fifth foul? Oh, that's terrible. Like we, 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 would, we would dive into that and we get into the officials. and man, I, I, Like, that's the one thing, too. Always go back to the monitor. We can check, you know, whose possession is. We can check the, you know, the time on the on the clock. We can check all these different things. But that to be his fifth foul with the game on the line and him to be on the bench in that situation, I thought that was extremely unfortunate. I agree with RC in terms of just getting him the ball, getting him touches when he was in the game down the stretch. They ran the ball screen. He caught it in the lane hit the little float of the runner right at the halo. Um, but, yeah, they've got to find ways to just get him more touches. But to me, Ty Smith, turnover, he goes out on the break. They go up seven, and it's almost like everybody that was associated with the Gonzaga's program – gone. sorry, I, I keep saying Gonzaga. All the Gonzaga fans get mad at me because I don't <laughs> pronounce it the right way. Okay, so we're just going to make sure and we they pronounce do, it the right way. they do get mad about it. It's they true. get yeah. very, very mad. They tweet at me. They get upset. I feel like I'm, I'm back dealing with UMass fans on Twitter. But, uh, you know, they, when Malachi Smith gets to dunk and they go up seven under two minutes – felt like they were going to win the game. And even Malachi Smith is celebrating. He's running down the floor, pointing on his head, on his head. And now all of a sudden they make a three. Baylor hits the three within four seconds, maybe less than that. 
And now all of a sudden it's a four point game. And then you look at the next two offensive possessions for Gonzaga. They're up against the shot clock on both possessions. They end up taking difficult shots that don't go in. Now it's a one point game. And then Baylor takes the lead. And look what happens on the next possession. They get the ball on the side. They run an Iverson cut. And I'm not questioning Mark Few, but in that situation, down one, you run an Iverson cut, it's a foot race. That's exactly what happened. The Baylor defender got his hands on the balls and it ends up touching Gonzaga's player's hands and it goes out. It's just a bang bang play. Like it's a foot race off an Iverson cut with the game on the line. I know you want to get some movement. You're trying to get the best possible shot you can get, but on that kind of cut at that point in time in the game, now all of a sudden ball gets knocked out of bounds and you got to go back on defense. So I think you just got to look at the last three offensive possessions in that game. You know, even going to the last shot, called a foul, could have not called a foul. Actually, thought Keontae George played great defense there, not picking up a foul. But I think that, you know, Mark Fuse has got to go back and watch that tape and look at those offensive possessions down the stretch, and they've got to get that corrected. And, and like R.C. said, it's it's the guard play. But for Drew Timmy to be on the bench with the fifth foul that was called, that's extremely unfortunate. And to your point about the Iverson screen, the pass has to be perfect in that situation. It has to be perfect. It, off. it yeah. has to be perfect. And – it's a bang bang timing thing, and and if it's not perfect, it's exactly what happens. It's a turnover. I do want to pivot right here to talk about Keontae George and how. I mean, my goodness, there were times tonight. I mean, he had dudes in his face, and he was just boom. Doesn't look like a freshman. I mean, why has he come in, and what's what's he doing so well, RC, to already establish himself as this impact player almost instantly? One, he's talented. Obviously, he's a, he's a lottery pick. But when you got L.J. Cryer and you got Flagler on your team, he doesn't have the pressure on him every night. It's just play. And Coach, I think his interview after the game, you know, Coach just said, hey, defend, rebound, shots will fall. And they will. I mean, he's talented enough. He can make shots. He's proven that. He's an elite athlete. But he's got two guys with him. he got two dudes with him that's going to just take pressure on him. He doesn't have to force anything. And then tonight, I think for them to get to where they want to be by the end of the year, I think it will have to be what we saw tonight for them. And then now it just makes them they, – they will be pretty much unbeatable at that point. And I'm not saying he's got to go for 20 every night, but he has that type of ability scoring inside. But if he's defending and making plays, I thought he was just as good on the defensive end tonight as he was on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. He got a lot of deflections, a lot of hands. That one drive late, that, you know, before they turned it back over and gave it back to him again – he made the last play on that, but the one before that, he got his arm in, got a deflection on that. I, I thought his his activity on the defensive end is what got him going on the offensive end, and then he knocked down some shots. But having those other guys, just let the offensive game come to him, and I think that's what he's doing now. You RC, how about the block out on, on Timmy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down there, front in the he post, was. working his And drew the fourth foul. Drew the fourth foul. I mean, that was a huge play. I mean, we talk about him on the offensive end of the floor – but that play right there on the defensive end of the floor for him, that was one of the biggest plays in the game. I mean, he's down there battling, trying to front the post, and it ultimately ends up blocking him out. And Timmy takes him down to the ground. That's the fourth foul. I mean, that, that, was a, that was a momentum-changing play. You can be as talented as you want, but you have – again, he's a lottery pick, yes. But for him to have those instincts defensively already, I mean, you got to love that as a coach, right, Matt? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, Coach Drew said it at the end of the game, right? He talked about his character, 
He talked about his ability. He talked about all those things. But, you know, I, I just think that he's a winner. And to see that team respond, having their teeth set in by Marquette, to come out there and put that performance out there today, and he goes for 14 in the first half, you know, didn't really score nearly as much in the second half, but made winning plays down the stretch. That says a lot about him as a player. Yeah. You usually don't find young guys that defend when they're not scoring. And when he wasn't scoring, he continued to defend. And that was the most impressive thing about his game. I thought it was on the defensive end, not just the offensive end. Was there anything else that stuck out to you besides the play of Keontae George tonight? I I just thought offensively, I thought the Zags really left some plays out there, especially in transition. I thought there was numerous times in the second half, even late in the second half, where they left points out there on the board where they just didn't convert in transition. They had two-for-one situations. You know, I remember one possession they were coming down. Malachi Smith had an opportunity to get a layup. He was wide open. They just throw a bounce pass in there for a layup. I thought they left so many possessions out there that they just didn't convert. And I think Mark Fugel watched the tape and realized that they had their chances in this game. Uh, you can't fault their defense. You're, you're talking about two of the best offensive offenses in the country out there playing. The numbers say it. Uh, both teams were competing at a high level on the defensive end of the floor. But I think Mark Hughes is going to watch that film and realize him his team left some possessions out there on the floor. I, I, I agree. The other thing I'd add is they're going to have to fit, get some more stability on a, on the guard play. Mm-hmm. Um they're not as consistent as they need to be. And just controlling the tempo of the game, getting them in. Offensively, I think they'll be fine. But but I do think at some point, you got Drew Timmy on your team. Uh, whatever it is, I'm coming down. I'm going to make sure he touched the ball. There's too many possessions that their guards and other guys are just, as a team, guys are feeling the freedom to take those shots. I'm okay with it, but let your best player touch it. And, and, and that's the only thing I'd ask. He, he needs to touch the ball because he's drawing attention. He's going to make the game easier for everybody else. He's an unselfish guy, but they're in too many games and he's not getting enough touches, particularly in critical moments. It happens time and time again. I'm all for freedom and the ball movement. They're they're number one efficient offense for a reason. They'll be there at the end of the year. But if they're going to get to the ultimate goal and win a championship, you can't have instances like this where he's just not getting the ball. And we've seen that not just tonight. That's happened throughout this early part of the season for them. He needs to get the ball in more of a scoring area for them to be effective. He's a freaking All-American. And if you're a guard and you want to shoot threes, get him the damn ball. Really How easy can think. it be? Like, like get him the ball, they're going to double, and I'm going to get open three. I, 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 and he's a good passer. He's a really good passer. He's a willing passer. He's a, exactly. He, exactly. He's a exactly. willing passer. He's almost too unselfish. No question. And and for him no. not to get the ball, I mean, that's something that's going to have to – to have to change. And the other thing is, I mean, if you take away Malachi Smith tonight, they're going to have to get some production from their bench. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some more production. I, I I don't know what's going on. I thought Afton Reed had a lot of potential coming out of high school. I understand he went to LSU for a year and he transferred there. He's He's been a non, literally a non-factor. He's coming in given just a few minutes. And I, I was a huge fan of Malachi Smith's coming in. And, and, and I think tonight he showed flashes of what he can be. They need more consistency out of him. Uh, he's a big guard, too. But they just seem like everybody, their guards' instincts seem to be more of wanting to score than someone needs to take control of this team and 
from a leadership standpoint and be more want to be a, a, a field general? Yeah, I, I think, RC, you bring up a good point, too. Like, just in terms of even Malachi Smith, right? He Here's a guy that's getting 20 a game. And I was on the field of 68, you know, during, during the preview and talking about him and kind of talked about how I felt like he's an X factor for them. Yep. And you can tell, hey, he's about the right things. He he comes in the game. He doesn't look to be – and we're not in their locker room. We don't know. But doesn't look to be complaining or upset that he's coming off the bench. And he was the SOCOM player of the year last year. Right. And he's still trying to figure out – and I felt like tonight was like the first night, okay, he kind of looked a little more comfortable than he's looked all year with this new role. And all these teams across the country, right? I'm, I'm sure at some point in time we're going to talk about Carolina and like we're going to dive into, you know, like like a player like Nance too. Like like it's it's new for these guys when they go to a different team, their role's different. It's new and they've got to figure it out. But, you know, Nolan Hickman goes 0 for 8 in the game. He goes 0 for 4 from behind a three-point line. Like it's just going to be tough for them to win with those kind of numbers and, and even as a team shooting 27% from the three-point line. It's going to be difficult for them to win. And you can't fault their defense tonight because no. they defended and they defended at a high level. But, you know, I just, again, I'm, I know I'm reiterating my point. I felt like they just left some possessions out there on the floor that, that I know Mark Few wishes he had back. When you learn in November. So you you correct it. So when March comes around, you you got it in check and ready to rock. Well, has anybody played as hard a schedule as they've played? <laughs> like, it's, Michigan I mean, State, oh. maybe? Maybe, and and they still have Alabama, right? And two, they've got next game is Kent State, and they play Washington, Northern Illinois, and then Alabama in the CM Newton Classic. So they still have another high high level game before they get into their conference. I mean, that's what a schedule. Credit Mark too for scheduling it. You have to right. Uh, movie now we talked about you know. Malachi Smith, and you're really kind of seeing, especially this year, the power of the portal and how this is all shaking out. And you look at this Maryland team who just came up with a huge win over Illinois at home, which it's so great to see the Comcast Center rocking out with the Xfinity Center. Got to keep up with the branding, Megan. But that being said, like you think about those those early Gary Williams teams in the early 2000s that, that went to the Final Four and won national championships. Like this is kind of the atmosphere that's back at Maryland. So it's fun to see on television looks fantastic but this maryland team kevin willard went to the portal and he he had a lot of success now you're seeing that play out maryland's undefeated right now on the season uh rc starting with you what are you seeing from the terps right now that's allowing them to have this success balance they got dudes i mean uh, jameer jameer young was one of the more underrated guards in charlotte you know we played for charlotte you just didn't know him but everybody knew the talent you know I, we played against those guys he beat us a couple of years back, so I knew he was a baller. So he, he's from the area. I knew him going back home. He was going to show up and show out. And and I, I think they're going to be a problem going forward. I mean, they got enough guys from recent side, Julian recent side. They just got, you know, Ian Martinez. They got guys. They got different guys, the shot makers. They got balance. They don't have enough. I think the only thing that concerns me with them is just size, backup center-wise and backup bigs. They don't have a lot of depth in their in their bigs. But everything else, I think they got enough depth to do it. And they're going to defend. They change defenses. They defend. They pressure you. They keep you off balance. And that's enough. And that's all they're going to need. Again, the only thing is Reese got to stay out of foul trouble for them long term. But as far as just getting their 
you know, and just building the program back. I'm I'm from that area. I'm a big fan of Maryland's program. I mean, with with Georgetown struggling the way it is, you know, go Terps. I mean, you got to be supportive of them, and, and and it's happening quickly. I mean, it, from where this was a year ago to where it is now, they had talent a year ago, but I mean, this team is top twenty five and rising right now. Uh, and fun fact, by the way, Matt, RC and I went to the same high school. We did. Wow. <laughs> Hill, go did not know that. We did. Okay. Okay. Fun fact okay. For you. Uh, just uh, hey, she's a little younger than me. If you didn't notice, I just want to throw that out there. Two, 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 two years. <laughs> I don't know. My uh, he, his jersey is your jersey retired there yet? Because it should be. Uh, you know what? We talked about that. They they came down this year, and because it's a new school, and they moved to school, so they're retiring Dennis Scott's jersey during this year. Oh yeah, so we spoke about that. So I'm gonna try to maybe go back for that, and we'll eventually get back and see if we can get it done. Look at that. Uh, anyways, interjecting just to give you that fun fact. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second. If we put the three of you on the floor for a three-point shooting contest, uh, you know, Dennis Scott, RCU, Megan, who, who's winning? I mean, uh, do we get warm-up shots? Like, I don't even know the last <laughs> oh, time. Oh yeah, I you can get ball. loose. Like, you can whatever you need. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I Oof. think that we. I would pay to see that. Oof. I mean, we're gonna have to charge for admission, obviously. Yeah, because... that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. So those are some good ones. That's to tough. Yeah, with. that's going to be tough. I can't brag on that one. I can't jump. I wouldn't jump out there and say that's going to be easy at all. I, You know what's so funny, too? Like, even when I go to shoot now, like, I'm not nearly as strong as I used to be. And I'm like, damn, like, that's an air ball. <laughs> not an air ball, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, anyways, back to getting on track with this, Matt. Uh, Maryland, what have you seen from this team? And, I mean, Kevin Bullard's come in, and off the bat, I mean, no one was talking about Maryland in the preseason. And what did I say the other night on the field of 68? You said a lot of things. I, I said a lot of things, but I said, <laughs> are Purdue <clears throat> the two best teams in the Big Ten? You did say that. You can make the argument. Um, I, I think Indiana's terrific. I know we're going to get into our top five Big Ten teams later on in this, in this show, but Kevin Willard knows how to build a program knows what goes into winning. He did it at Seton Hall year in and year out. He had success. He was able to grow and develop as a coach, as a head coach, and see that program through different stages. And everything that he learned at Seton Hall, the good, the bad, he has put into the program at Maryland in year one and was completely prepared to take over a program like that and that's why they're having success. They play hard. They defend. They took the right transfers. Jameer Young is absolutely outstanding. The plays that he made down the stretch in this game won them the game. I don't think there's very many teams that are going to finish ahead of them in the Big Ten. I'm not saying I'm picking them to win. I think Purdue's terrific. I think Indiana's terrific. But Coach Willard was prepared for that job because of the experiences he went through at Seton Hall. He was able to grow. He was able to develop. And when the opportunity came to take over a historic program like Maryland, he was ready for it. And that's why they're having success. I really like too. Maryland started out and they, we saw a zone early on in this game and it was able to slow down Illinois a little bit. Um, and then 
you know, switched it up and kind of threw a couple of different looks at them. But I was just impressed from a defensive standpoint, how they were able to stay consistent because this Illinois team is fantastic from a scoring standpoint. Um, Matthew Meyer was pretty ineffective tonight, got into some foul trouble, got frustrated. But make no mistake, this is an Illinois team that is very capable of scoring at a high clip. Coleman Hawkins was coming off a game where he had a triple-double. So for for this Illinois team, one, I mean, playing on the road in conference play is always incredibly tough. Uh, so I don't think there's anything to worry about with this Illinois team, but what do you guys think? I got no worries about them. I, I think the biggest thing that concerns me with them is they're going to be better. They're a team I wouldn't want to play come February mm-hmm. because they got young guards. And as those guards, these are the games, this is these guards first experience because they've been in all these neutral site events and everything else. They've been home for these by games. Now they're getting in a conference play. They hadn't played in an arena in a, an environment like that. So to see Epps and to see Clark and these guys, I think come February with the talent that they have, I I, I just even danger inside. I, I they got freshmen that got the guys or young guys is going to be so much better come February because of the battles that they're getting in right now and with the talent around them, leadership of Shannon. I I, I they'll be right there at the end. And they just can't fall behind. They don't want to give up games early, but they'll be right there in the in the, in the deciding factor of the Big Ten when it when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with RC on that point. I mean, what an environment that was tonight. And yeah. for them, that's their first road game. Yeah. And get a taste and a feel for what that was like. I mean, that, that, that's a difficult thing for them to walk into. But, you know, obviously, Terrence Shan is, is absolutely outstanding. Those young guards, they just need to grow up, continue to get better and develop. Coach Underwood, uh, I know, will, will, will allow them to do that. But, what an environment for them to have their first true road game. And that place was – I was actually at the very first game ever played in there. I was a student manager at the University what? of Florida. Student manager at the University of Florida. I think it was Steve Blake's senior year, I believe. And we went in there, and Anthony Roberson uh, was a freshman. Matt Bonner and Brett Nelson were seniors. David was Lee was Dixon a sophomore. No, Juan was gone. Juan was gone. It was the it was the year after the national championship. Okay. It was the year after the very first game ever played. I was a student manager in that field. We actually won the game. As crazy as that is, the first game ever played in there. But I mean, just to see the excitement and you know back in that building in Maryland basketball, and again what Coach Willard's doing, man, it's it's great for all of college basketball. Megan, you'll you'll get this. I, I still call it a Coldfield house. So <laughs> that tells you how far how far back I go with that one. No, that's it. We were sitting there watching the game tonight. My wife said, "Man, look at the building. Look at the difference in that." Even from a year ago, and she she noticed how student fan base. You know, students were in there. I mean, it was it was it was a great sight to see. I don't know if if you go in there too. It it has to be the steepest stands in yes. America. Yes. I oh, mean, do not misstep or you freaking eat it. Straight Steve up, yeah. Uh, I do want to take one moment before we move on from Illinois. I don't think that we are giving Coleman Hawkins enough love for what he's been able to do so far this season. This Illinois team, a lot of new faces. Coleman Hawkins was really the only piece to come back this year that had consistent experience under 
Coach Underwood. And he's been able to score. He's defending. He's doing everything, using his length. I didn't know until really this season how well he could shoot the ball. He had one three in this game to start out. That was boom, right in someone's face at the top of the key. So for him to come in and have the scoring impact he's having with the other pieces that Illinois has added to their roster, he's going to be a problem when Big Ten play really gets going in the new year. Uh, listen, I, 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 amen. I, I, I was impressed with, I was impressed with just, you see the way they use him. It's not just as, you know, offensively. I mean, he's, he's helped breaking the press. I mean, he's, he's inbound and coming back, you know, they're not trying to usually most people are inbound and clear him out. I mean, he's, you know, for a bigger guy, he's, he's, he's helped breaking the press. He's obviously stretching the defense, knocking down shots. He's switching defensively. Um, I like the way he's playing. I mean, anytime you get guys with that size that can stretch the floor and versatility wise, I mean, he, he's 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 another reason why I said I'm not I'm not worried about Illinois. I I just think they'll be there in the end. They just need some experience, go through some battles like this. Obviously, being in the Big Ten, they'll be tested. But he's a he's a big reason why I'm kind of like I don't need to waste my time talking about them. They they I think they got all the boxes other than backcourt experience. Yeah, I mean, you look at the numbers from the game tonight, too. They shot five for 20 from the three-point line, and they only shot eight free throws. Like, just think, if they made two more threes and shot four more free throws, they went to the game. You know, so I, I agree with RC. I don't think there's there's no need to hit the panic button right now. They'll get back. They'll reset. And once they play another conference game come January, they'll be ready to go. But I think this is a learning experience for their team, playing in that environment like we talked about earlier. Yeah, I think it's only going to help them moving forward, and you'll you'll see them compete for a Big Ten championship, no question. I'm excited about this Maryland team too, though. I mean, this tonight, like it had that. You know, I know they were Robbie Hummel, our, our pal, was doing the game, and he was saying how it had that March feel to it, and it it kind of did, like that level of competition. Illinois kept making it a one possession game at the end, but overall, uh, very excited about the Big Ten. Got to give a little shout out to to that conference um all right other games tonight clemson blew out wake forest sorry rc uh what 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 was your biggest takeaway about this wake forest team they had a huge win over wisconsin earlier this week was it a little bit of a hangover i you know what i don't know i mean to be honest you don't know what this team is going to be because you don't they haven't played anybody prior to this Mm -hmm. so the wisconsin the biggies big 10 challenge wisconsin was a big road win and then they go on the road to Clemson. And then conference play is tough. I mean, listen, Clemson is – there's certain teams you play. Clemson is as physical a team as you're going to find in college basketball. Coach Brunel does a great job. I, I, I know people are on – you know, they on him in a sense. They want more from that program. But I, I, he's a he's a great coach. And I, I, I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for him. He is a physical coach. His team – he's one of the best defensive coaches that around – and that's a tough place to go, and I and that's not a bad loss because there's a lot of teams that are gonna go in there and come out come out of the uh, out of the uh, Coliseum with with uh, with some L's down in Clemson. So I wouldn't worry about that at all. You know what? I I know we did our toast of the night earlier, but I think Coach Brunell deserves a toast hey, because like year in and year out, like he's always on someone's hot. Hot, hot seat, seat. list, yeah. right? Yeah. Like he's always on the hot seat, and he always finds a way. Like that's a hard thing to deal with. And when rumors surrounding your program and the coach that he's going to get fired or this, that, and, the other, and then your staff starts to think it, or your players, or it seeps into your locker room, and he blocks it out every year. 
and he goes out every single year. He blocks that noise out, and his team just goes out there and competes, and they play really, really hard. And is he in the NCAA tournament every year? No. Is he on the bubble some years? Yes. Is he in there some years? Yes. Is he in the NIT some years? Yeah. But, like, for him and his whole program to be able to block that stuff out and go out and compete and play at a high level, man, I, I toast him. I mean, tonight's performance, you got to give him a tremendous amount of credit. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at Wake Forest, obviously Coach Forbes has had tremendous success taking transfers, even going back to ETSU, his days there. Right. And Appleby was, you know, all like it is, didn't do a ton at Florida, right? He, he, he had some good games, but he, he lacked that consistency, and he was playing at a high, high level going into this game and he he really struggled tonight i think he was three for 13 from the field yeah um so I, i'm with rc I, i'm not worried about about wake i think coach forbes will figure that out i think you know obviously they need appleby to play better in conference and, and he had been playing terrific up to this point but man credit brad burnell man like just every year he, he's able to block it out and his team goes out there and competes they're seven and two you know and he he was on somebody's hot seat list right and Man, those guys, what a win for Congrats to him. You know, to your point, and I'd love to hear what both of you think about just the, the landscape of college basketball in general. <clears throat> like, it is so rare right now that you don't have a portal kid on your roster who's coming in and having to play. How difficult is it to have to adjust to that really on the fly? This has happened over the last two or three years, but as coaches – how important is it to you got to get on these guys quick, but also like you have to make sure they're a right fit for you. A lot of times, you yeah, I mean, know, a lot of times you won't even know that till you get the kid. Yeah. You do as much homework as you can. You think he fits basketball wise and then you get him, and then you realize that's an adjustment. You don't know. Sometimes you can get a kid off his physical ability and then you get him in your program and you run a lot of stuff and he's not a cerebral kid. And that that slows the delays. And then it depends on you got to have a balance of how many guys you bring in and how many guys you hold over with how many young guys you're bringing in. Some people, when you hit the portal too hard, you bring all these vets, you're asking guys to sacrifice. We talked about it before, like with Malachi, Malachi Smith. This guy was the player of the year in this conference and could have gone anywhere in the country. And then now he's coming off the bench and he is. That's a totally different role for a guy that can shoot and kind of dictate the pace of the game whenever he wants, now he's asked to come in and play a specific role. So you got it requires a lot of patience. And obviously when we, we get to sit back and not have patience, and obviously the fans are even worse. We just have a little bit more understanding <laughs> of it. But, uh, you know, it's just part of it. Yeah, I mean, I think, too, you know, these, these guys that are on their last stop, how many of them are you bringing in? Okay. Because they're on their last stop. They're concerned about next. And I've been told by this person that I got to get these numbers in order to play overseas or I have to do this in order to be a pro. And I've got to, and the balancing act for some of these coaches in terms of that, right? Like, you, oh, we want to stay older because if we have an older team, we feel like that's going to give us the best opportunity to have success in our conference. Maybe we can be, have more veterans than the other teams in our conference. But you bring some guys in and they're on their last stop. They're concerned too with what's next. And that's a challenging thing for coaches to deal with as well. You bring in, you know, guys that, you know, are maybe transferring up like a Malachi Smith that, 
you know, was the man and the player of the year in the conference. And now he goes to Gonzaga and his role is completely different. You know, you can kind of equate it almost to like G League in the NBA, right? You got a guy in the G League that's cooking and he's averaging 25 a game. Well, when he goes up to the senior team, his role is going to be completely different. And that's probably an adjustment. And I think that's the balance for coaches is one, are they on their last stop? Where did they come from before? Was, were they a part of a winning team? Were they a part of a team where maybe the coach got fired? And trying to balance that and mesh that with players in a short amount of time. That's why I think there's so much parity right now. Like, I think there's some really good teams. I think that, we, you know, we can identify, you know, a top ten. Um, but I think you see so much parity because even the best coaches in the country are trying to figure it out. And they're trying to mesh their groups together. It's going to take some time. And, I, you know, I, I think that's the world and the landscape of college basketball right now. Which is a good problem to have. I mean, for us as fans, we love parity. Oh, it's great. How, how impressed were you with Pitt tonight and what they did going into NC State? Who, by the way, was really good this year and winning in that environment. I was sh- – I was I would say this. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about Jeff. Jeff's another one of those guys we talked about. People are talking about hot seat guys, but if you watched him play, them kids play hard for him. And what's the the most shocking thing about what they're doing is you're talking about John Hughley was getting all ACC consideration, and he's been and he's been injured to his credit. He's been injured, but they haven't got a lot of success from him. Even tonight, he didn't score a ton of points. I don't even think he scored six or eight points tonight. And they went in and got a road win from an NC State team that many had coming into this game that they thought was, like I said, outside of preseason, you thought they were going to be the team that took a step that you can say, all right, if there's a team that could jump up in the top three or four or five, you're thinking NC State was that team. And anytime you go in a conference and get a road win, that's a big win for Pitt. I mean, that, that, that that's they got healthy guys. They went out in the portal. They got they got a bunch of guys back, and and again went out revamped this roster, you know, revamped the roster from from the portal and got guys in there that they're buying in and they're playing well. They're switching everything. They're disruptive defensively. They're playing hard. They're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a tough out. Uh, you look at a kid like Jamarius Burton, and Huge people tonight. kind of for, people kind of forgot about him. Like his first couple of years at Wichita State. I mean, he was a part of a really really good team an ncaa tournament team uh, like i mean he and he was a huge i mean he went in there as a freshman and played 24 minutes a game on one of the better teams in the country he transfers to texas tech he didn't put up the numbers that he had had at wichita state an adjustment moving leagues that whatever it is and man he was outstanding tonight and he he's a high character kid He's, he comes from a great family. I mean, I, I recruited him when I was at UMass, and I just remember walking into his house, and one of the only recruits I've ever walked into his house, and he had the schools that were recruiting him up on a board, and he had notes underneath them and things that he – like he was like so serious about the recruiting process and asked the right questions. and You just knew like, man, this guy, he's about the right things. And got off to a great start at Wichita State. Obviously, they went through a coaching change, and, you know, a lot of things transpired there. But, you know, he, he's a winner, and he's a high-character guy. And, 
to see him go out there and perform like that, man, credit to him. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him because he's one of those players that you really, really root for. You talk about going on recruiting home visits. I have to ask both of you, what is the worst meal you had to eat <laughs> at a home visit and pretend to like? Mm. Oh, man. These are the hard-hitting questions we mm. want to know, folks. That was mm. – that. you threw a curveball there. Wow. That wasn't wow. on the script. That was what we call off-script, gentlemen. That was off the script. That was off the script. Oh, man. Uh, RC, did something come to mind? I <laughs> I know the kid in the family, so I can't say in particular. But I never we didn't you know when we went in we didn't eat it we didn't eat usually you know on a on a home visit. I would say probably the most uncomfortable thing I had was you go in one time and I was like, hey, you know, somebody offered me, hey, I know you're from the south. Would you like some sweet tea or something? I'm like, yeah. And it was like no oh. sugar, like the nastiest thing. And I'm sitting there. It was like. You know, you you pour it and it was just like, <laughs> you know. But but eating wise, I I don't think we've. I've, I don't know if I've ever went over anyone's house and actually went in their house and had dinner for for that. Usually we, you know, I'm used to officials and we're taking them out or right. unofficial somewhere like that. But I I can't remember ever going to someone's house and necessarily eating. Can I say a positive one? Sure. So when I was in Chattanooga. Crutcher signed with us, who ended up being an outstanding player for Dayton. Uh, and every single time we would go to his house for home visits, his mom would make sure, Sheila Crutcher, that we always had Ching's Wings. And if you're in, ever in Memphis, you have to go to Ching's Wings. It's the best <laughs> chicken wings you've ever had. So every single time we would go to see Jalen, she would make sure that they had Ching's wings. And the only reason I knew about Ching's before that was because of Chris Chioza at Florida. So I'm going to give Ching's wings a shout out on the field of 68 tonight. I mean, you ever Ching's, in Memphis. Wings. But Ching's wings. Ching's in wings in Memphis. Best wings you've ever had. I mean, people had no idea they would be also be getting a food critic tutorial as well on, on all the things. We cover every subject here on the field of 68 after dark. Hey, we've got a game we're about to play now. Uh, it's called Buy, Sell, Hold, and we're going to name some teams, and we're each going to go around and say if we're going to buy them, sell them, or hold them right now. You guys ready? Are we saying why? Are we saying why, or are we just going of like Of course yeah. we're yeah. saying why. We got to okay, say right. why. I'm just, just double-checking. I'm just double-checking. Double no. no, no, no. You're good, and we're going to start with – we're going to start big. Let's go Carolina. Oof. And let's go RC first. Okay. Which, which I feel like we need Monopoly money for this. I'm going to – I'm not going to sell them now. I'm going to hold because I think that this is the same thing they went through last year. They struggled a lot early. They struggled early, and and, and it's Carolina. So the, the, the outside noise and the distractions are everything the same. Um. I actually have them Sunday at Virginia Tech. That place will be rocking. Um, I mean, people don't understand how that building will get. And and it's another thing, too. A team has been away. Team traveling out west. Then they got to go to, you know, to Indiana and play at Indiana. And then they got to go to play Vartech. Geographically, they're all over the place. And that's a lot for any team. This is... I. I'd be shocked, and I haven't talked to those guys yet. I'd be curious to find out how much time they've actually been home in the last probably two weeks. So 
I'm not going to jump ship on him, but is there cause for concern? Yes. With that backcourt playing as poorly as it is? Yes. So, I mean, I know we're going to get the others, but so I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold on right now. To play devil's advocate to that, by the way, Purdue went out to Portland, played in the Phil Knight Legacy, won it, then True. had to fly from Portland. True. Three time zones, Florida State. True. Just to play True. Struggled. 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 They struggled. And, 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 they struggled. And, and, and Megan, I said this. You know, it's funny. I said this, and I actually tweeted this. I said, I wanted all the teams that went to Maui. We should we should look at their look at their game right after Maui, mm-hmm. and even the teams that went met, that went west. If if Florida State was having a traditional Florida State year, they beat the brakes off Purdue because Purdue is sluggish as ever, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's understandably so. And I think a lot of times saying that, and I just just it's it's funny. You, you if you haven't been to Maui, it's a great trip. But when you get out there, man, you get out there so early. That's a long time. And then to come home, most of the teams don't even come back home. You come right out of that MTE and then you got to go right to a big 10 ACC challenge and go play somebody like Indiana and at their place. Like, are you kidding me? It's, 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 it's tough, but you're right. That's why Purdue is probably the number one team in the country with what they've done. That's really impressive that they've had as good a start to the season as anybody in college basketball, but it's I don't want to make excuse for Carolina, but they're going to get, you know, at some point they're going to have to show up. Matt. Yeah. Back to RC's point too. Who did Arkansas play after Maui? They played someone right after Maui. I don't remember the team, but they were down in the game, I believe even in the second half, but that's a, that's a, those teams that went all the way out there to Portland and turned around and had that quick of a turnaround. Uh, I'm I'm gonna hold on Carolina. I'm 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 with RC in terms of just look. They got off to a five and four start last year. Troy. They started off. Troy, they played Troy. Troy. There you go. Exactly. They got up to a five and four start last year. They were zero and two in the ACC to start the season. Um, same as RC, they have to figure that backcourt out. Caleb Love and RJ Davis have to find ways to make their teammates better. Yep. I understand that they're both difficult shot makers. I respect their shot making ability, but the lack of assists, the lack of ball movement, they got to figure out how to utilize their teammates more and make their teammates better. So I'll hold. I think there are some concerns, but they just got to get back. And and like Garcia was saying too, like when was the last time they probably practiced, right? With all the travel and, and going here and going there and come back. Like you don't like, you guys are gas. Like, it's not like Coach Davis can go out there and they can have, like, a really hard 90-minute practice and improve and get better and grow as a team. So, uh, I think it's the time to hold, but I think they've got to get some things figured out. I 100% agree with the hold pattern. However, I feel like being controversial and you guys both went hold, so I'm going to sell them for a couple of reasons. First off, I, yes, I do think that this is a team that's going to be – we're going to have no issues talking about them. They're still going to be one of the best teams by the time February rolls around. But right now on December 2nd, I'm selling UNC because we got a lot of teams to talk about. The assist to me is a problem. They rank 13th in the ACC right now. They have an 11 assist a game. They also don't have that depth. Like they're going six deep right now. And to me, that's concerning when you go through the longevity of a season. Can you be successful only playing six, maybe seven players consistently big minutes wise? So for me, I'd sell and get him off my plate, moving on to the next team, which is Kentucky. Oh, the Cats. 
cats. RC, buy, sell, hold. I'm selling. Okay. And and I and I'll say this because not not I'm not saying that there's not going to be a tournament team. It's like Carolina. You're talking about. I agree with you. Now we both think that we know Kentucky and Carolina be tournament teams, but. There's a level of expectation for Kentucky because of the way the season has ended. Haven't watched them play early this year. I mean, I know they lost to Michigan State. They lost to Gonzaga. What's their next best win? All right. And I know they got a game coming up against Michigan. I don't think the pieces fit as well as they have in years past, and I don't know if they're going to change. I don't think the guys that they have – with, with Oscar Sheepway inside, I don't think there's enough perimeter shooting around him. I think they got guys that can make shots, but I'm not fearful of any of those guys outside of Frederick beating me from outside the three-point line. The rest of those guys, I'm scouting them, keep them in front, late contest. If they make them, great. If not, so I, I, I just don't think – and they're not as elite defensively as they need to be for the way that they're playing right now. I'm I'm, I'm – I'm going to sell the Wildcats. I just don't know how they fix it. Their best players are all trying to get in the paint. There's not enough room in the area for everybody. I I, I just don't see how it's going to work for them to get to the goals that they want. I, I don't see it. I'm going to hold right now. Um, I, I look at this team, and I, I almost think there's some similarities to the 2014 team that played for the national championship just in terms of, they had some struggles even going into the NCAA tournament. There wasn't a ton of expectation because of the struggles that they had throughout the course of the season. And then they make a run to the national. I just think it's Kentucky. It's the toughest place to play in the SEC. Other SEC fans may disagree with me, but that's the truth. It's when you're in there and they go on a run, it's an extra four to six points per game. I think Cal's teams always kind of struggles at times early in the year and trying to figure out roles in different places and how to utilize guys. I just think it's still too early for the cats, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to hold because I think a lot of times his teams tend to peak in league play and always somehow end up competing for an SEC championship. I know there's other teams in the SEC that are outstanding. Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama, so it's interesting to see how that plays out. But I just think it's a little too early to tell with the Cats. So I'm going to hit pause on them for now. Which year you, Which year did you say with them? Which, which team was that? The championship team? No, 2014. Oh, 14. Okay. Uh, I'm with you, Matt. I'm going to hold as well, only because they haven't had a bad loss. Two losses are to Michigan State and Gonzaga. And they have one of the best players in the country in Oscar Sheway, who's still averaging a double-double, 14 points, 13 boards early time to get everything figured out but i see what you i could see you guys going either way on that as well michigan however how we going here rc oh uh again i'm, I'm a hole right now i okay. mean again they're another team that i would say um i'll say this one last thing about kentucky about the difference in that team though matt that team had for that team had a lot of pros on it they had a lot of pros. They I had a lot that. of pros on that 2014 team that I don't know if this team has as many NBA players as that team. But Michigan, um, I'm going to hold on them right now. I, I I, just, you know, when you got a dominant big like Hunter Dickinson, you always got a chance. 
But again, if I ask you guys again, what's their best win right now? It's probably Pitt. You know, like Pitt Which may be their better best win. tonight, even. I mean, and that's why I'm saying it. Like yeah. after tonight, their best win is Pitt. I mean, they've lost to Arizona and Virginia. Which again, I, I mean, Arizona State and Virginia, so those aren't you know bad teams to lose at per se. But we're gonna find out more about them in the coming weeks. So, I, so I'm gonna hold on them right now. I think that game, Kentucky, will say a lot about Michigan. I, I'm I'm selling them right now. Um, I watched them on film versus Eastern Michigan. Um, I had the Eastern Michigan FIU game the other night. The shot making. In Imani Bates's debut for Eastern Michigan versus Michigan, um, Noah Farrakhan. I mean, those guys were outstanding in the game and basically took Michigan down to the wire. And going into the game the other night versus FIU, Michigan was one and six on the year, or Eastern Michigan was one and six on the year, and they took Michigan nose to nose the entire game. So I'm selling them. I know Hunter Dickinson's terrific. I, I just look at the other teams in the Big Ten, and I, I just think that there's four or five teams that are better than them right now. I'm also selling right now. Hunter Dickinson can't do it all himself, and that guard play for Michigan's been pretty inconsistent. So they got to can't, – he can't bring it up, throw it to himself, and score. Impossible. Purdue, RC, what are we doing with the Boilers, man? I'm, all, I'm buying. I mean, who's had a better resume than them? This is a quick one. We I don't even know why we're talking about them. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, we might go to the next thing. Just off of what you just said about I, I, from the travel that they've had and what they've done, I I think they've been the most impressive team in the country for that. Just off their travel, they've obviously had some good wins with West Virginia, Gonzaga, Duke. We get all that, but to travel that far. And to beat Florida State, say what you want on their floor. They were dialed up, ready to play. Revenge game for Florida State. They handled their business, came back. They're seven and zero. I, I don't know what you add. I mean, they've been as their resume right now has been the best. Yeah, there's nothing to say. Bye. Like Mike drop. Matt, Matt, I yeah, mean, Mike, like I'm, Matt I'm Payne, Zach Eady. Like what? Like yeah. what else you want to say? Like bye, 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 bye. Yeah. Like RC, you borrow money to buy. Like, let me borrow some. I'm good for it. Give it. I'm I'm all in. I'm selling my soul for Purdue right now. Yes, Yes. I'm all in on Purdue. You, you, like again, they go out to Portland. They win the event. Yeah. Throw FSU's record out. I don't care. Leonard Hamilton is a terrific, outstanding coach. Yeah. And he's going to get his guys to play extremely hard. And that's a difficult game to come off of and play on the road after that tournament. And they won it. They found a way to win. It wasn't it wasn't pretty, but not all games are going to be pretty. And the good teams find ways to win, especially on the road. Bye. What I love most about this Purdue team, again, you have Zach Eady, seven four. In a world of positionless basketball, Purdue has had a seven footer on its roster for the last ten seasons, and they've been good and they've been, been effective really been and really impactful. Good. They're all really the adjectives good. you could possibly use. I mean, we're we're buying all the monopoly money, all the yeah. real money, yeah. cryptic currency, iTunes gift cards. Let's go to UConn next. We buy in, we sell in, we holding the Huskies. And I'm just, I'm. We had to include this because Rob Doster and I was scared <laughs> of what he would do if we didn't talk about this. I I wanted to not have to say this because god i'm so glad rob's not on the show tonight thank god rob's not listening he is so happy because you and he's got a right to be happy because they're so freaking good 
is equally they're not quite as impressive as Purdue, but damn it, they're right there. I mean, they're good. That team is good. Whew. And 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 I I hate to say it, and I'm only saying this because I gotta hear Rob's mouth all year long. And I ain't ready for that yet. But damn it, they're good. I mean, we say we want. If 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 we say Purdue's one, they're two. And I'm talking throughout everybody. If my rankings, Purdue's number one team in the country. UConn's the second ranked team in the country. I don't care what the rankings are. I I'm 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 right. I mean, I think you probably got to make a case for Houston, even though they haven't played the schedule that those other teams. And I'm just played. and that's part of it. I'm only saying it because of this yeah, schedule. No, question. I mean they got this is Alabama, Iowa State, just beat Ooh. Oklahoma State. I, man, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm with RC. You got to buy. Uh, like I said on the field of 68 the other night, too, watching Coach Hurley on the sidelines in years past at UConn, I've always felt like he's tried to like will his team to play hard. He's got a calm demeanor almost on there. Like he knows they're good. Yes, he and does. And his, his team is playing with that swagger. And that is a dangerous thing for the rest of the Big East. And yeah, buy, buy high. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the Huskies. I'm buying them as well. They're a top ten in offensive and defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. They got six players averaging nine points or more. They're balanced. Jordan Hawkins. I don't think there's anyone faster than him in a foot race. Maybe Usain Bolt. Not sure, but fun team to watch and follow throughout the rest of this season. Hoosiers, Indiana. Buy, sell, hold, RC. Uh, I'll buy. I, I, I still, I want to see them get away from any, from home. I want to see how this team responds on the road. Uh, you know, but I'm still buying. I'm still high on them. They're going to be good. Uh, I was just impressed with their, their, you know, them defensively against UNC. Um, UNC is still talented, and I thought physically they whooped up on UNC. Um, the travel, we can get all that. We talked about all that. They've been on the road, but they punched UNC in the mouth, and I thought they were the more physical team. And let's see if they can continue to carry that on the road. I like their guard play. Xavier Johnson is was always an elite, could be elite, elite defender. I think now he's doing it in longer stretches, picking and choosing the shots. I, I you know, he's not taking bad shots. I, 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 I'm a big fan of theirs. We know, obviously, Trace Davis inside, but big fan. I'm, 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 I'm buying. Yeah, I'm buying too. Um, I want to credit Coach Woodson too, right? The transition that he's made from the NBA to college. You can tell the relationship that he's built with Jackson Davis. I, I think that that's impressive to see. Um, you know, a lot of times you see these quote-unquote NBA coaches struggle when they come to college. You can see just the investment that he's made in that program and with those players. And I think it's impressive. So I credit him and, and I'm, I'm buying Hoosiers right now. I'm just going to be controversial and hold on them as well, simply because yes, they beat UNC at home, but UNC is not, we've all agreed, not nearly as good as they're going to be by the end of the season. They haven't played anybody really other than the Tar Heels. Yeah, their yes. next best win is probably Xavier. Xavier. Yeah. Xavier's well, their next yeah. best win. Yeah. Fair. That's fair. They play Rutgers tomorrow. We're going to learn a lot about that game. Indiana, top in the Big Ten in scoring offense. Rutgers, 
top in the Big Ten in scoring defense. I want to see a little more from Trace Jackson Davis. He still hasn't proved to me that he can shoot consistently from 15 feet. And I just think that this team hasn't been challenged enough quite yet for me to give all my money like Purdue has caused me to give all my money and buy. Yeah. They got Arizona and Kansas coming up too. So we're going to run yes. a lot about them. That Those are going to be good, next week, next good week. measuring sticks. Yeah. All right. Last team, St. John's. I just want them to be good. I, I, I'm just going to be honest <laughs> with you guys. This is, this is one of those. I'm, I'm buying with my heart. I'm jumping out there. I'm buying with my heart. I want the Johnnies just to be good. Um, I will say this. I like the team. I'm not saying they're going to win the Big East or anything like that. I do think they're going to make a major jump and they're going to be really, really competitive and one of the top teams in that league. So, and, and, and for that aspect, I'm buying. I think they'll get to the tournament. And if that's what we're talking about, then I'm buying. I think that that's their, they can do that. I think they got talent. You know, if Suriano, they got five guys averaging double figures right now. You know, with Jones leading and with 16 down, you know, down to Alexander averaging 10. Corbello's been solid. Suriano is a double-double. And they're disruptive. You don't want to play in that pressing style. They got bodies. They're not letting you run your offense. So I, I, I'm throwing it out there. I'm, all, I, I'm being honest. I'm, I'm buying with my heart. I just want the Johnnies to be good. <laughs> Fanta, I'm RC, cheering for the Johnny Fanta. RC, I'm buying. Are you really? I know they haven't played anyone great. I, exactly, I totally exactly, exactly. Hey, no, exactly. Games that they're supposed to win. They have. He slips up. I, I, I'm a huge Carmelo guy. I, I'm, I'm. I loved him in high school. I just loved his feel. I loved his. He's just an exciting player to watch. I was so happy. When Soriano left the Atlantic Ten, I was I was tired of just him dunking and getting double doubles every single night. I think those two guys are terrific. You know, David Jones is getting sixteen and eight. I, I'm I'm buying. They're Bosh, eight and I, I like them. They got depth and they yeah, got I mean, guys. They've got depth. They've got, they got guys. Depth, and they're eight. No, yeah. you can, you know say what you want about their schedule. They have not had a slip up. They've not. They're they've won all their games. I'm buying. I'm buying, RC. I'm buying. You got big, big. Come Johnny on, Megan. Guys. What you got? I'm holding because they haven't played anyone yet. Okay, I'll give you that. I'm holding. I'm holding, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not hating on the Johnnies. I'm just saying, give me some time. Let me evaluate some data, and we'll get back to it. All right, I'm gonna hold you to that one. I'm gonna hold okay. you to that. Well, that was fun, RC. I think you came up with this game idea. So nice, nice job with that I one. Appreciate that. Um, it's time. It's time to rock and roll here. As always, make sure you check out field of 68.shop for the merch. Fantastic stuff on there. If you haven't gotten anyone a Christmas gift yet, highly recommend you checking it out. Hey, hey Megan, I gotta get <laughs> you know, I before <laughs> I, I gotta get on mad about this. So I I got I pulled up this 2014 roster. So uh, we got we got excuse me, we got the Harrison twins. Oh, by the way. They got this guy named Devin Booker on the roster. Tyler, no, he Eubis. wasn't there. He wasn't there in 13-14. You were looking at the wrong team. I'm looking at the front. 13-14. <laughs> oh, he, he was there 14-15. He's there 14-15. Come on. He came off the bench. He still he gets Cal a hard time for coming yeah, off, off the bench. bench. Now, that yeah. team was outstanding. Yeah. Carl, I was getting ready to say, we're comparing that to this team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I saw him go to his computer. His face got close. To I was looking like he was looking. Like, wait a minute. Like, what book? Twelve. I think they went twelve and six in the SEC. But that team still have, if I'm not mistaken, that team had Julius Randle then. Julius Randle. Okay. Okay. Callie Stein was on that team. Okay, and the Harrison twins was there, and, and the Harrison twins. Ran. I I just I don't think they got Dakar Johnson was on that team too. They had a bunch of Dakar was on that team. Yeah, I don't think they. I just don't think this team has the NBA power that Kentucky's accustomed to having. That I why I'm not as high on them as I've, as I've been in the past. I don't think they got that dude that can just say, "All right, you know, he's when he he's gonna figure it out." Maxi or one of these guys. I mean, Wallace, I think will be a be is can be that guy as the season goes on. But I just don't like enough space and form. That's why. But I know the Kentucky fans will. They'll come at me for they'll, it, but we'll see. Be I, on I, you I, like, I hope I'm wrong. They'll be on you like they're on Goodman. Uh, there true, you go. true. Nobody's, it, they, they, yeah. no, nobody would be that bad. It's a rite of passage. All right, Matt McCall, Randolph Childress, Megan McEwen. So long, folks. See you soon. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.